Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell on this Monday, uh, Tuesday morning. It is the 16th of August 2022. Daniel Pedro in the chair through SEN 1170 um, and also right around the country through SENQ 693 AM uh, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Of course, Vossi and Brandy up through SEN 1170 AM after 6 AM and then Patton Hills through SENQ 693. 3 a.m. and SCN 1620 a.m. on the Gold Coast. Lot to get through over the course of the next hour. Our number's still the same 1300 01 1170. 1300 01 1170. And you can text 0457 736 736. Uh, Knights player in a little bit of trouble. We'll get to that in just a second. A big name Knights player in a bit of trouble. We've also got some lime sport on at the moment. Uh, Liverpool playing Crystal Palace in the English Premier League. Kicked off literally a minute ago. And it is nil all between Liverpool and Crystal Palace. We are going to speak to our football expert, Jonathan Gallo, in just over 10 minutes' time and look back at a big weekend of the English Premier League, in particular... What's going on with Man United? And what about that game last night or yesterday morning between Chelsea and Tottenham? We'll talk about that with John in about 10 or so minutes' time from now. And after that, we'll cross to America and speak to our American correspondent, Chris Perkins, talk all things American sport and reflect as well on the career of Serena Williams as well, who's entering her last stage of her tennis career when the US Open gets underway in a couple of weeks. So lots on our agenda, one 300 0457736736. The hot topic. Thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rain. Yeah, does your hot water need replacing? Get one that's steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a Rain today. Just before we get to the news of the day, I saw an article yesterday in the Daily Telegraph um, from Paul Crawley claiming that Matt Lodge uh, is the best signing for the Roosters since Cooper Cronk. Now, I think he's been playing some really good footy, Matt Lodge. And to be fair, I, I can't remember since Cooper Cronk if the Roosters have signed many big-name players. However, it got me thinking on this Tuesday morning. I might find a prize, maybe a Makita prize pack or a Velveline T-shirt on 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170, your club's best signings of all time. Now, it doesn't just have to be rugby league. It can be AFL, can be EPL, can be NFL, uh, any sport. Big bash. Uh, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170, your club's greatest signing of all time. Who came to your club and turned things around? Maybe won a premiership for you, maybe for other reasons. Your club's greatest signing of all time. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Who has your club signed that uh, you loved? and just turn things around for your club. Looking forward to hearing from you. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Three and a half past five. Let's have a look at what is dominating the back pages today. 
this news came out pretty early yesterday morning, just after 9am, surrounding Kalen surrounding Ponga from the Newcastle Knights. And I think it's only going to dominate the headlines more and more over the next couple of days. So a night out celebrating a $2.4 million house purchase. And it could cost Kalen Ponga the co-captaincy of the Newcastle Knights. Ponga is in the firing line after vision of Ponga leaving a toilet cubicle with teammate Kurt Mann appeared. It is understood the incident took place on Saturday night after Ponga brought a house in the Newcastle beachside suburb of Merriweather. I went to Merriweather a couple of weeks ago. Very nice place. Earlier in the day for $2.4 million at auction. Uh, now, Ponga won't play again this season anyway as he recovers from repeated concussions while man has been dealing with a quad injury. Players are generally expected to avoid alcohol while they are injured. Well, it didn't look like they were avoiding alcohol uh, the other night. Now, it could well cost him the captaincy as well. Multi-million dollar player, and the Knights have launched an investigation on Monday after the video, which has been in circulation since late on Sunday. Various sources close to Ponga and the club confirmed the Newcastle superstar had told officials he was celebrating the purchase of a new home, had consumed too much alcohol and had become sick, prompting man to uh, go with him to the bathroom. The video shows the pair leaving the cubicle as a security guard from the venue reacts with surprise when he realises that one of the two men is Ponga. It is understood the incident, as I said, took place on Saturday night. The Knights said in a statement on Monday they were investigating the video. The Newcastle Knights have been informed of a matter involving current players, the statement said. Knights management has commenced a process to gather all the required facts. Until such time, no further comment will be provided. Um, if you are a Knights fan, 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. Now, we don't know exactly what happened here, but gee, it must be disappointing. Even just talking about Kalen Ponga on field. Uh, he can't help that he's uh, picked up a series of concussions, and we wish him all the best in that sense. But when your team is struggling and has been struggling for most of the year, some of their performances have been pretty poor. Um, gee, it must be disappointing to see this happen off the field. And when you go back uh, to what was happening on the field as well, even before he picked up those concussions, he was fantastic for Queensland in Game 3, but he hasn't really played any anywhere near like that for Newcastle. Now, I know it's a different team, and I know Queensland are full of superstars, but when you're being paid that much money, you want performances on the field. So I think whatever did happen with Kalen Ponga over the course of the last 72 hours, his performances on the field needs to get better. And to be perfectly honest, he's just put more pressure on himself. Your thoughts, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Really disappointing for the Newcastle Knights. Meanwhile, South Sydney, well, we heard last week that uh, they were very upset that they haven't been able to be given the green light to be playing at the new Allianz Stadium full-time from either next year or the year after. Well, now they're upset that the Roosters are hosting the home game that opens Arlington Stadium in a couple of weeks' time. Apparently, uh, this is back page of the Sydney Morning Herald, frustrated South Sydney officials claim the NRL denied them 
a one million payday by handing host rights to bitter rivals the Sydney Roosters for the final round blockbuster at Allianz Stadium. So this is the figure the Roosters will pocket through gate tattings alone, given the interest of the new Moore Park Stadium. And as we know, both clubs have hit form over the past couple of weeks in particular, both of them, in particular the Roosters and South Sydney. Souths have been trying to end their agreement, as we know, with the New South Wales government to play at a core stadium beyond this year and relocate to the new Allianz Stadium. Now adding to their angst is the belief they should have been the ones to christen the new digs on September 2 and not the Roosters based on a long-held scheduling agreement in place with the NRL involving both clubs. Now Blake Solly has told the Sydney Morning Herald saying that historically the regime has always been whichever club hosts the first game in one year then hosts the second game the following year. Because we hosted the first game last year we were meant to host the second home match against the Roosters this year. But the NRL decided to give the Roosters the second home game again. We were given the explanation at the time that they were going to be the anchor tenant at Allianz Stadium, which is why it was done. He went on to say, that's never been done before, nor is it acceptable. We voiced our frustrations to NRL boss Andrew Abdo at the time, but we never got a logical explanation as to why. We should remember Allianz Stadium is not the Roosters' venue. It's the New South Wales taxpayers' venue. So that was uh, the South Sydney CEO, Blake Solly, saying that. Now, Andrew Abdo said yesterday there was no contractual obligation for the NRL to rotate the, uh, the order of home games. And COVID and the relocation of the competition last year had caused disruption with all elements of the draw. He said the Roosters have been significantly disadvantaged in recent years. Last year, the Rabbitohs got their home fixture in front of a crowd in New South Wales. The Roosters' home game was played in Brisbane, which is also true. So, again, look, I think, it's, to be honest, a bit of whinging from South Sydney there. Um, I understand that they're going to miss out on the money, but it is the Roosters' home ground. And at the moment, it's not South Sydney's home ground. Now, it may well turn out to be South Sydney's home ground, However, it is the Roosters' home ground, and yes, he is right, right, Blake Solly, in saying that it won't just be the Roosters that play there. There'll be Sydney FC, there'll be the Waratahs. I'm sure Souths will play a few games there. But right now, it's the Roosters' home ground, and I don't really see the issue. And Andrew Abdo uh, makes a very good point there. So, yeah, very interesting um, discussion there, I suppose, from South Sydney, but I think uh, it's... Bit of whinging about nothing, to be perfectly honest. Uh, in the Premier League, nil all after 10 minutes between Liverpool and Crystal Palace. And just one more for you. Back page of the Courier Mail today. Cricket will be part of the Brisbane Olympics if Australian officials have their way. A five-year strategic plan was unveiled by Cricket Australia on Monday when the push for cricket to be included in the Olympic Games was outlined as one of the sport's key goals. On the back of the Australian women's team's gold medal triumph at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, Cricket Australia is doubling down on trying to convince the International Olympic Committee of cricket's merits for the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles. If that bid is unsuccessful, Cricket Australia says it will continue the fight for inclusion for women's and men's 2020 cricket in Brisbane 2032. Ironically, the gab will be transformed into the main athletic stadium for the Brisbane Games. If cricket's bid is successful, it will have to migrate from its traditional Queensland home to other locations. 
The ICC has been strongly pushing for Olympics inclusion for some time. Entry into LA 2028 is part of a broader push to try and get into that American market. There is talk of the Indian Premier League taking matches to the US, while the 2024-2020 World Cup is slated to take place in the West Indies and the US. Plans are in place to build specialised cricket stadiums in New York and LA, where there are massive expat communities of cricket fans. There is a belief that if cricket becomes an Olympic sport, it would provide another massive shot in the arm for the women's game in particular. Cricket in the Olympic, whether it be T20 or one-day cricket, uh, I think it'll probably happen. It's already in the Commonwealth Games. Would you support that? Uh, at least for Brisbane, 2032, 0457 736 or 1300-01-1170. So that's a bit of what is on our agenda this morning on this Tuesday morning. Caelan Pogger, if you're a Knights fan, how are you feeling? Uh, with more so on the field with his performances and how does it make you feel uh, from what you've seen off field South Sydney fans are you disappointing you not disappointed you're not getting your home game at the Sydney Football Stadium in a couple of weeks time to open Allianz Stadium and also cricket in the Olympics would you be a supporter of it 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170 plus asking your greatest signings of all time uh in any sport. doesn't just have to be rugby league. We'll kick this one off from Anthony. There's actually a stack of text there. Anthony says, Ray Price from rugby took Parramatta to seven grand finals. Yeah, great nomination to kick us off, Anthony. Ray Price, very, very good. And this one from Murray saying, Daniel, the Sharks' best signings of all time were Michael Innes and second was James Maloney. Both won us our only premiership. Up, up, Cronulla. Cheers, Mars from Kirawee. Well, yeah, in particular, James Maloney. Didn't he have a knack of going to clubs and giving them success? Played for the Warriors in that 2011 grand final. They lost it. Still took them there. Premiership winner in 2013 with the Roosters. And then premiership winner in 2016, as you say, Mars, uh, for the Cronulla Sharks. So your best signings of all time. We'll look for a prize. Makita Prize Pack or a Velveline T-shirt as well. Your best signings of all time. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 We'll take a break. On the other side of this, we'll talk English Premier League with Jonathan Gallo. It is 14 past five. Yeah, 18 past 5, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 Asking your greatest signings of all time. Quite a few texts there. We'll get to them shortly. I chat with a prize this morning. I'll find one somewhere. Uh, 0457 736 736. Your greatest signings of all time in any code. Doesn't just have to be uh, rugby league. Also, uh, Knights fans, how are you feeling about Kalen Ponga and York team after another disappointing year? Um, and also, cricket at the Olympics. Would you like to see it? Um, it looks like quite possible, definitely for Brisbane 2032, potentially for the 2028 Olympics. But in the meantime, at 19 past five, let's turn our attention to the EPL. There's a game going on at the moment between Liverpool and Crystal Palace. Both sides in the last minute or so have had a couple of chances to score, but it remains nil all. Our football expert, Jonathan Gallo, is on the line. John, good morning. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Yeah, very well. Now, just before we get to the rest of the weekend of the EPL, 18 minutes gone in this game between Liverpool and Crystal Palace. Would you be favouring Liverpool in this match? 
I think so, yeah. I think the statistics early on really point to uh, a great start by Liverpool. They've had, I think, 70%, over 70% of possession, uh, whilst, you know, Crystal Palace has had 28%. So Crystal Palace at the moment are getting dominated in their own half. They haven't been able to get out of their own half as yet either. So, you know, there's been one clear cut one on one opportunity from Liverpool early on that they just failed to take. But, uh, early signs of economists for, for Liverpool at the moment so I think it's just a matter of time before they knock down the front door and, and get a few goals and I think when they get a first goal there'll be a few others falling soon by so um, I think it's only a matter of time before Liverpool take the lead to be honest Yeah, 19 minutes gone, we'll keep you up to date with this one uh, on this show and then on breakfast uh, through Vossie and Brandy in Sydney, Pat and Heels in Queensland, uh, let's have a look at the rest of the EPL weekend and some of the big storylines, it started back on Saturday night, uh, just get a quick thought on uh, from you on this one, Aston Villa 2, Everton 1, is that a worrying scoreline for Everton to be losing to Aston Villa and I know look Aston Villa a team to do some good things this year, but Everton, they didn't have the greatest season last year and not the greatest start either. Yeah, it's, it's getting a bit of a worry. I mean, last week you could forgive them losing to Chelsea. Um, you know, Chelsea are top side, whereas Aston Villa in this game, I watched this game as well, it was a difficult one because it, Aston Villa deserved the win, to be honest. It was a, a bit of a bad performance from Everton. I have to say it was a very patchy performance. The first half, Villa created a lot of chances. Probably should have grabbed two or three goals in the first half, if I'm honest. In the second half, they, they came out well Everton for a good 10-15 minute period there, but then after that, kind of fell away again. The most exciting part, uh, I think, for Everton was the last five minutes where they grabbed uh, their only goal of the game and tried to get back into it with an equaliser, but that never eventuated. Uh, but yeah, there are some, some bad signs from, from Everton. They're putting some very patchy performances, and normally when they do that, they can see goals, and uh, it's, it's a worrying sign. It is because the performance over 90 minutes just wasn't there at all. Uh, Southampton and Leeds United, a two-all draw. That was uh, a yeah. good game. Great, great, great game for Southampton. Uh, great way to respond. They got thumped the week before against Spurs. Leeds United will be disappointed about this. They got the win last week and uh, against Wolves, a difficult game for them. They would expect it to come into this game with three points under the belt as well. But it goes to show that this, uh, you know, Jesse Marsh, American coach, is still working on things. It's still a work in progress at Leeds United. They had a tough season last season. Uh, good promising signs in the off season and and a good win last week, but this draw I think is a slight slip up. Uh, but look, I mean the, the main important thing for them is they're collecting points along the way early on as well. So that is a positive spin on it all. Uh, but yeah, good result for Southampton first uh, first game at home and to get a point to start the season off will give them a lot of uh, confidence as well. But uh, yeah, a little bit of a slip up from the United. Arsenal 4, Leicester City 2. This is a bit of an interesting game. I watched most of this. Arsenal got to a 2-0 lead. Leicester City fought back. But whenever Leicester City got a goal, Arsenal got one back within a couple of minutes. Yeah, it really showed, I think, two things for Arsenal. One is how good their attack has been. Gabriel Jesus is just on fire. He grabbed two goals in this game. He was looking for his hat-trick. He was a little bit disappointed at the end of the game. They didn't grab his hat-trick, actually. He would have joined some of the likes of Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp on debut to grab their hat-trick for Arsenal. So he would have gone to elite status had he done that on his debut, but he uh, failed to miss that. But you're right, Leicester City grabbed the goal and it was 2-1 and 3-1, 3-2 and then 4-2 in the end. So it goes to show that Arsenal defensively are a little bit vulnerable as well, though, because a top team like Chelsea, City or Liverpool probably would have come back to that game because defensively Arsenal were a little bit all over the place at times. Uh, but yeah, Leicester City, I mean, it's a worrying sign for Leicester City too. They didn't start last week all that well. This week is another big loss for them as well. Um, they weren't very competitive in this game, I have to say. Arsenal always looked like they were going to win this one. So, uh, yeah, bad signs early on for Ben and Rodgers, but uh, good signs for Matera 
Arsenal are a team at the moment with the way they're playing could potentially be a top four side come end of season. Mo Salah just missing a chance to put Liverpool in front in the game at the moment. 22 gone, Liverpool and Crystal Palace and nil all. It was nil all between Brighton and Newcastle. Uh, bad news for Vossi's new team, Bournemouth. They went down 4 nil to Man City. Yeah, very, very tough uh, result for this one, Bournemouth. I mean, they never looked like they were really going to beat Man City. You just couldn't see where they were going to score the goals coming into this one. Uh, obviously, Man City, Haaland at the moment is just absolutely on fire. And, you know, the way they're playing with Phil Foden and Jack Grealish to just players lining up scoring goals in this one. And they put a stance early on that they won't take anyone lightly, that's for sure. And uh, just put Bournemouth to the scrap heap pretty quickly here, 4-0. I think is a result that we kind of all could see coming, really, the way Man City have been playing uh, and the way they've been going in the off-season as well. So, strong start from City early. Wolves and Fulham had a nil-all draw. Up now, Brentford 4, Man United nil. Uh, now, yeah. it was reported overnight that uh, Man United had to be called in on their day off to do, I think, a 13-kilometre run. What on earth is going wrong with Man United early on in the season? Well, yeah, apparently Ten Hag said that yes. uh, to the players when they arrived that because... He uh, might not Brentford be there much played... longer either, just quietly. Well, yeah, well, yeah, me and you might be able to. Imagine if Ten Hag out Man United, that'd be... Yeah, right. They'd definitely be scraping the bottle of the barrel if that was happening, but... Um, Last about one game. We would have a lot of days off there. We'd have a lot of days off at training, wouldn't yes. we? Yes. So, um, but uh, no, I think, yeah, you're right. 13 kilometres, actually, they were told to run because that's how much more Bradford had run during the game than them. That was the, the reasoning behind that. So, mm-hmm. uh yeah, the players wouldn't have enjoyed that day off. But, um, look, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? It's, it's, there's so many things you can talk about about United at the moment, where they're at, and seeing some of the commentary going around the UK from different pundits. And I heard about Gary Neville and, and, uh, and Jeremy Redknapp going at it on Sky Sports. And, you know, both had some valid points about, you know, the fact that it's not been the lack of money that United have been spending. They've spent more money than any other club in the last 10 years, actually, more than City and Liverpool. So, um, you know, you talk about players they've brought in in the past, Falcao, Abramovich, Cavani, you know, brought in some big players, Paul Pogba, Luke Shaw, guys on, on pieces of paper that would, you know, walk into any other side at their time. But just, I, I just don't think they've really suited the way United have gone about. And, uh, some of those players have been in their early to mid thirties as well, particularly Abramovich, Cavani and, and Falcao. I think they've a little bit been past their prime, in other words. So, not really at peak, which is a bit of a worrying sign that United players were United picking up players that are a little bit past their peak. Um, I think they've been holding on to players that haven't been performing as well. You know, Fred McTominay, Pogba, Luke Shaw, Harry Maguire, De Gea, players mm. that haven't been performing for United the last two or three seasons. And and to keep hold of these players for so long, I just don't understand. And there's a lot of talk about the Glaziers, the ownership of the club. You know, Old Trafford as, as, a, as a stadium is, is rusting, apparently, falling oh, apart good. in some parts. I'm heading there, I'm heading so there in, a few, in a few months' time. Yeah, <laughs> yes. so just be careful, Dan. Maybe I will be, yeah. hard hat. Yeah. You probably need it. So, uh, But, yeah, there's been some you know, lack of investment in the training facilities as well. We've had... Less than fifty million pounds in the off-season spend on players—it's it's, mm. it's really been worrying signs. They've gone into the market, Christian Eriksen, on a free transfer. They bought um, Lissandro Menanes as well, Argentinian player. Tiro Marcia from the Eredivisie. But other than that, they really haven't bought a whole lot of players, and they've lost six or seven players in the off-season to follow that. So, yeah, worrying signs this year. You know, that's for sure. I feel sorry for Ten Hag. I wouldn't put all the pressure mm. on Ten Hag because I think he's picked up quite a bit of a mess here that was already there. So. 
Um, but bad signs early on. I don't know how they're going to really correct it. And, uh, you know, they got Liverpool up next in the in the Premier League. So, yes. yeah, I mean, if you go off anything, what Liverpool have been putting on this first 25 minutes against Palace this morning, you'd be definitely worried if you're a United fan. There's so many yeah. things to talk about about United. There's so many things going wrong for them and not a whole lot going right. So, yeah. Uh, Liverpool yeah, worrying sign. Liverpool next Tuesday morning it is uh, 5am we'll actually be talking at that time next Tuesday morning so uh, that'll be yeah. very very interesting uh, just quickly Nottingham Forest 1 West Ham nil. and what about the end of uh, the game yesterday morning Chelsea and Tottenham a two-all draw mm-hmm. yeah well yeah Nottingham great great start of the season for them isn't it I mean no, it's, it's been a fairy tale for them to come back into the Premier League first uh, home Premier League game in, in decades uh, the fans can remember it was packed out of the stadium. I said it was going to be a difficult game for this West Ham to go there and get any kind of result. Uh, but I was still surprised in the end that Nottingham walked away with all three points. West Ham, their top six club from last season's finish, they've you know been touted to be top six again this year. David Moyes has got them very well drilled. Uh, but a great result for Nottingham Forest, uh, a surprise win. And yeah, you're right, the uh, the game, Chelsea and Tottenham, a two-all draw. I, I did one-all draw. I was hoping that my tip would be right here, Dan, but I just missed out. But anyway, two-all draw. Uh, great, great, great game. Conte and Tuchel on the sidelines on many occasions uh, going at it. And, uh, you know, Conte celebrating in front of Tuchel's face. And then there was a bit of pushing and argy-bargy going on. There's actually more excitement on the sidelines than there was in the game, I have to say. At times, it was a little bit stale. When, when two big teams face each other, it's always, you know, testing each other out a little bit. So um, that went on for quite a while. Mm. But great game, great result. And uh, I think both teams will take the point. But I think Chelsea, to be honest, on their fair share play, probably feel like they lost three points in this one. They, they could have easily gone up two or three goals and missed some early on chances in that first half as well, which they now regret. But well done to Spurs. They fought back and got the, uh, got the point in the end. Talking um, talking about uh, greatest signings of all time today, it just had a look, tw- 28 minutes gone, Liverpool uh, Crystal Palace nil all. This is from Murray. Liverpool's greatest ever signing was Jurgen Klopp. Won us the EPL, FA Cup, Champions League, and many more trophies. Uh, that one from yeah. Murray. Uh, good suggestion for greatest signing of all time. He's been fantastic for Liverpool. Turn the club around and 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 credit to Liverpool for holding on for him for you know three or four seasons mm. as well, giving him longevity to turn the club around. He said he needed time. Uh, and he said he needed around four or five years before we were going to win anything as well. That was his first interview when he sat down and said he'd, he'd like to win something in about five years, and he was about right. So, um, yeah, he's done a lot of wonderful things there, but Liverpool have been very patient with him as well, and that patience has pulled off. And that's where, you know, United, we talked about earlier, they could take a leaflet out of Liverpool's book. If you hold on to your coaches and don't make a merry-go-round of it, then uh, you might have a chance. I mean, it's been six or seven managers United have had in the last ten seasons, so... Uh, they could have taken a leaflet out of Liverpool's book in terms of uh, success. But anyway, that's a story for another day. But, it, uh, yeah, Jurgen Klopp's fantastic signing. Yes, he, he has been fantastic. John, great stuff. We will talk again on Thursday morning. We will continue our road to the World Cup. We'll continue with the other two teams in Group D and also preview the weekend ahead of the EPL. We'll talk Thursday. Okay, mate, we'll talk Thursday and I'll just put my resume into United soon. So I'll let you know how that goes. Perfect, thank you. If you're not on on Thursday, we know you're going to be manager of Man United. Jonathan Gallo, our football expert. We'll take a break. On the other side of this, we're going to cross to America and speak to Chris Perkins. It is 29 to 6. Yeah, good to have your company. It's 25 to 6. Just before we go to America, we were just talking EPL with John. Uh, Crystal Palace has scored against Liverpool. They lead 1-0. Uh, Crystal Palace lead 1-0. A bit of a breakaway goal, definitely against play. Liverpool have been dominating this game, but 34 minutes gone, and it's Crystal Palace 1 leading Liverpool 0. 
Crystal Palace 1, Liverpool 0. 0457736736 or 1300-01-1170. Amongst other things today, asking your greatest signings to your team of all time in any sport. It doesn't just have to be rugby league. This one from Scotty Panther. Uh, he says, Morning, Panther's most important and greatest signing would have to be Ryan Girdler. From the Dragons, the Panthers has the record for most points in a game against a great kicker. In a game, great kicker, sorry, and won a premiership, the intercept, King Gerds. Yeah, part of that 2003 premiership winning squad for the Panthers over the Roosters in the grand final. Great nomination, Scotty. Keep them coming in, 0457736736 or 1300-01-1170. Time for our Makita Power Play this morning. This season, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. And let's have a chat with Chris Perkins in America. And I believe, Chris, we catch you as you're spending a nice family afternoon. <laughs> You're funny. Thank you. Uh, more, more like dealing with more, more like dealing with the War of the Roses. <laughs> well, I'm glad we could give you a bit of a break just for a few minutes as we talk sports. Yeah. Uh, let, let, Very appreciative. By no, the way, Liverpool yeah. down a goal mm. to nil, uh, and we thought things were ugly in Manchester. Maybe ugly in Liverpool too. They play next week. Yes, uh, Tuesday morning, 5 a.m. Actually, this time next week, they will be playing uh, each other. So looking mm-hmm. forward to being on air when that happens. Yeah, 35 minutes gone. They've been dominating the match, Liverpool, but it's Crystal Palace 1 leading Liverpool a nil. All right, let's switch our attention to American sport. And last week, the news came out, I think it was the day after we spoke, actually, Serena Williams has, uh, well, she didn't like using the word retirement, did she? But she's effectively announced her retirement after this year's US Open, just one of the best female athletes of all time and really one of the best tennis players of all time, full stop. Yeah, 23 majors. And, yeah, she didn't technically announce her retirement, but it's logical just from the wording that the US Open would be her last tournament because it's the final major of the year and there's not another major until until January in Melbourne. So it, it would make sense that... U.S. Open would be it. Uh, Forty years old. Uh, she's playing in the in the Cincinnati Masters, the uh, Western and Southern Open mm. uh, this week, or the well, actually, I believe runs two weeks there in Cincinnati. But uh, uh, her first match, she was supposed to play Emma Raducanu today. That's been pushed to tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, we're we're kind of on the farewell tour for Serena, and you, you expected it to come at any time. Uh, once you get up to to that age, right, forty years old, that is that is uh, that is definitely senior citizen level on on the tennis tour. But her her career speaks for itself. Twenty three majors, countless other tournament victories, uh, arguably the greatest female tennis player of all time. Yeah, well, I probably I think probably is the greatest female tennis player, definitely from what I've seen. Any chance of winning the U.S. Open in a few weeks' time? I'm not going to say no. I mean, Serena's won it before. Uh, I remember you know, 30 years ago when I was uh, a significantly younger person, when I was in my teens, the 1991 U.S. Open. Remember Jimmy, Jimmy Connors' run uh, to the semifinal at the age of 39. So I'm not going to say she has zero chance of winning. She could go on a nice run. And let me tell you, if if she does go on a run in in the women's draw in couple starting in a couple of weeks in Flushing, that the crowds are going to be going nuts. It will be capacity crowd on at Arthur Ashe Stadium 
every match she plays. I mean, the, the night session, they, they'll throw her into the night session, and it will be capacity crowd all the way behind Serena. Yeah, and whenever she does play her last match, uh, it'll be very emotional scenes, won't it, Chris? It will be. It, it absolutely will be. There there will probably not be a dry eye in the house the 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 match she gets eliminated from the U.S. Open. Now, let's turn our attention to golf. We'll have a chat about Cameron Smith in a second, but the St. Jude Championship, uh, Will Zalatoris getting up in a playoff. Finally, he wins his first he wins his first tournament. Mm. He's had so many opportunities. He's been so close the last two years in majors, in other tournaments. Had two playoffs this year, including at the PGA Championship back in May. Finally got over the top. It didn't come without a lot of drama, though. Just to get into the playoff, he had to get up and down from the bunker on 18, drain a 10-foot putt. Second playoff hole, he nearly hits his tee shot out of bounds, winds up scrambling because his opponent, uh, Sepp Straka, nearly put his tee ball in the second hole in the water. And then the third the third playoff hole, the par 3 11th, Salatoris hits the hits the embankment short of the green, and it bounces on the retaining wall seven times before coming to rest on dry land. It, it, Straka puts his tee mm. shot basically in the same spot, except his goes into the water, mm. uh, winds up blasting for, or hitting from the drop area into the bunker. It couldn't get up and down. Salatoris uh, decided to go back to the drop area, take the penalty. Knocked it stiff and knocked in his his bogey putt to wind up winning the tournament. But yeah, there there was definitely high drama yesterday down in Memphis. Certainly was, and there's been high drama in the life of Cam Smith over the past few weeks. What's the latest that you're hearing? A lot of rumours that he's going to be going to live golf. He keeps denying it, and he has said that if there's any news involving Cam Smith, he needs to he will tell him uh, his he'll tell us himself. Uh, your thoughts on everything going on surrounding Cameron Smith at the moment? Well, just to be just to be fair, he hasn't exactly denied it. No, but he hasn't confirmed he, he, it either. He dodged the question. Yes, yes. He, he has artfully ducked the question Correct. every time it's been asked. Yes. Uh, the rumors are he's going to live for $140 million, which that's a nice paycheck if you can get it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, what happened yesterday, um, he, he was two shots off the pace entering the final round yesterday. And then he started his round, and all of a sudden he was four shots off because of something that happened Saturday. Uh, he wound up taking a drop. I think it was on the fourth hole. Uh, he was in a penalty area, took a drop, and he wound up playing the shot. The ball was on the red line. Mm. That is a no-no. You are not supposed to be hitting the ball from from on the red line, and it's like in basketball, on the line is out of bounds. Mm. So they didn't call anything then. But I guess somebody at the PGA Tour went went back, checked the tape, and lo and behold, he did hit from the red line, and they whacked him for a two-stroke penalty. Conspiracy theorist can have a field day with this one. Uh, Because he was, had he won the tournament and he was in contention, would have been number one in the world. And if he's jumping ship, uh, that's the last thing the PGA Tour wants, is number one in the world leaving the tour and going to the rival. Chris, are you a conspiracy theorist? 
No, but I play one on the radio sometimes. Yes, uh, yes. That's that's a good way to play one, actually. <laughs> hey, just quickly, just before I let you go, I've got a mate uh, currently in America on a holiday. Uh, he went to his first... Now, the NFL season proper doesn't start, I think, for another month or so, but he went to his first uh, NFL game ever. It was a pre-season match uh, in Vegas, and he told me over 50,000 people there uh, yesterday for a pre-season match. It's almost unheard of. Well, probably not unheard of over there. Definitely unheard of over here. Yeah, well, and for preseason, we are so starved for football right now. We will show up for fake football. I don't get it. I've gone to preseason games. They're boring, in my opinion. But it at least gives you the flavor of NFL football. You get to see large men in pads hitting each other. And and that's something we haven't seen in six months. So anybody who is a hardcore football fan, you're starved to... For, for the pre for even preseason games, just to see a little bit of football. So I totally get it, and I, I've got to I've got to know something. How was the experience in Vegas? I would love to know that because just driving past the Death Star out there that the Raiders play in, it looks amazing. And it, and from what I see on TV, it looks incredible inside as well. I wonder what the atmosphere is like. Well, his experience in Vegas, full stop. He always loves going to Vegas. But in terms of uh, his yeah. his, his his actual experience. The brief, I didn't speak to him that much. He's coming back this week, actually, so I'll ask him. But from what he was saying, uh, he said it was amazing. He loved it. Uh, in fact, I, I sent him a message last night, and I said, how was the NFL? And his one word reply to me was amazing. So uh, it must have been pretty good. Yeah, and we're 24 days from real football being played in the NFL. We're 12 days away from real college football, which a lot of people are excited for as well. Yep, looking forward to it all. We'll cover it all here on Trady's News. Thanks, mate. We'll speak next week. Have a good night. Have a good day. Thanks, mate. Chris Perkins in America. Approaching half time in that game between Liverpool and Crystal Palace. It's still Crystal Palace 1, leading Liverpool nil. Uh, Liverpool have been dominating the game, but as I say, Crystal Palace a goal about 10 minutes ago from a break away. So 1-0 Crystal Palace lead Liverpool coming up to half time. Don't forget, if you're running a small to medium business as a builder, renovator or tiler, Beaumont Tiles wants to help you. Australia's biggest, Beaumont Tiles, together with us, want to boost your business. Head to iCanWin.com.au and you could win a $25,000 advertising package to promote and grow your business. Connect with Beaumont Tiles and enter now at iCanWin.com.au. Just before a break, talking greatest signings of all time. This one from Jay. Very good, Jay. Uh, Morning, Dan. I'd have to say uh, Daily Messenger began it all in the NRL. Thank you. Very nicely done for this early in the morning. Thank you, Jay. 0457 736 736 1300 01 Back to your text. Your call's next. It's coming up to 13 to 6. Yeah, it's 9 to 6. Breakfast with Fossey and Brandy not too far away through SEN 1170 AM. Patton Heels through SENQ 693 AM and SEN 1620 AM in Queensland. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Talking about greatest signings of all time, Jason says uh, Craig Bellamy was the best signing in the rugby league. Obviously, uh, he made many players... Uh, 
into household names. Cameron Smith, Cam Munster, Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater, just to name a few. Thank you, Jason. Uh, good text. Yes, a very good coach, Craig Bellamy, there at the Melbourne Storm. Uh, this one from the Big G says, Morning, Dan. On greatest signings for my motor racing team, Dick Johnson Racing, it would be Roger Penske and Scott McLaughlin. Unbelievable era for my team. Thank you. Uh, from the Big G. Now, uh, the 2022 NRL Grand Final, uh, we still don't know where it is going to be held. Usually tickets for the Grand Final go on sale May, June at the very latest, but it could yet still be held in Brisbane. With Rugby League boss Peter Philandis rubbishing a report on Monday night, a deal had been struck to keep the fixture in Sydney. A fuming Mr Philandis told the Daily Telegraph no agreement had been reached despite the NRL Grand Final being less than seven weeks away. He said uh, the Seven News report went to air without anybody contacting any NRL official about the story. He said yesterday, in all my career, I have never experienced anything like this, where a story appears to have been leaked that is so utterly misleading. Whoever leaked this story thinks they are going to rush the decision. They're wrong. Where's the trust? The report came on the eve of the highly anticipated meeting of the NRL Commission, which was set to discuss the location of this year's grand final. He went on to say the commission was due to meet on Tuesday, but now we have a lot more to discuss because of the complete lack of trust in process. And we're not going to be rushed into making a decision because the reports we have been provided show that commercially we make many millions more from taking the game to Queensland. So, if you look at it purely with a commercial lens, it makes perfect sense to take it there. We will always act in the best interests of the game. So, that still goes on about whether it is going to be played in Sydney or it's going to be played in Queensland. You would have to think a decision either way really needs to be made pretty soon because it's the 16th of August now, the grand final, the 2nd of October. I think it is. So it's only six or seven, well, seven or eight weeks away. I still think it'll be in Sydney, but we will wait and see what happens with that one. And just a bit of team news as well. As we wrap up the show, Parramatta have received a much-needed boost for ahead of Saturday's game against Canterbury with halfback Mitch Moses set to make an early return from a broken finger. Uh, Brad Arthur, he was on NRL 360 last night and confirmed that Moses had trained earlier in the day and would be on the Parramatta team sheet when it is announced tonight, uh, this afternoon at 4pm. He hasn't played since injuring his finger in his side's 34-10 win over Penrith on the 29th of July a couple of weeks ago. Arthur said last night he trained today and I'll be naming him in the team. He needs to get through everything for the week, but he's a real good chance. Probably won't be able to confirm that into our last session, but he's keen and he's confident of getting himself right to play. And they need him back as well after that loss, 26-0 loss to South Sydney last weekend. Currently sixth on the ladder. Uh, safe enough, uh, but a bit worrying times for Parramatta. So they'll be happy to get Mitchell Moses back. And bad news for Manly, Jake Trevojevic uh, has unfortunately broken his hand and he won't play again this season. And he'll now have to convince Kangaroos coach Mel Meninga he is fit and recovered when Australia's World Cup squad is announced in October. Uh, it will require surgery and a four- to six-week recovery. The World Cup kicking off two months, uh, uh, 
two months yesterday it is, so uh, have to be quite a quick recovery for Jake Provojevic. This one for the Chookmen to finish us off. Hi Dan, watch Sashin Tendulka destroy our attack one night at the SCG. The closest thing to watching Bradman, they say. Yeah, thank you for all your texts this morning. Vossi and Brandy coming up through SCN 11.70am after the news and through SCN Q693 in Brisbane and SCN 16.20 on the Gold Coast. It's Patton Hills. Have a great Tuesday. I'll see you tomorrow at 5am. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.